0: Here's a question for you. Are you the life of the party? Do you love to involve as many different people as possible in your life and love new things, and you usually have a lot of plates spinning at the same time? Then you might have the gifting of an exhorter. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Blueprint Sounds, my name is Nathan Smith, thanks for joining me. Today we're going to talk about the exhorter gifting, but before we do, I want to share something with you. If you go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, you can get access to my free PDF, 25 chart topping arrangement tricks. It's wonderful for worship teams or worship leaders who may have a song that they've been doing for a while, but that it needs extra help, it needs to be pumped up a little bit. So it's a PDF where you get 25 different ideas that you can use for your arrangement, in your worship song. It gives you two or three sentences on why that trick works and how to utilize it. And then it gives you a song from the radio where you can hear that idea in action. So again, go to my website, blueprintsounds.com to get access to that. And without any further ado, let's get to today's topic, the Exhorter. So we are in an eight-week-long series about the different gifts that God gives us. For biblical reference, if you read in Romans 12, Paul lays out the different giftings or designs that God makes people with. There are seven, and in order they are the prophet, the servant, the teacher, the exhorter, the giver, the ruler, and the mercy. Today we're going to talk about the exhorter gift. The exhorter rises and falls on the principle of reality. God chose the exhorter to show off his breadth and his majesty to as many people as possible. So he gives them an ability to communicate across different boundaries and and people groups. The exhorter is always thinking about involving as many different people as possible. But in order for the exhorter to take their birthright, they have to embrace productive pain and focus on their finest abilities. So let's talk about some of the ways that you know you might be an exhorter or that someone you love might be an exhorter. They are a party looking for a place to happen. Often you're going to hear them come into the room before you see them come into the room because they love people. They understand people. That just energizes them other giftings not so much but the exhorter loves people they are master communicators and god often chooses the exhorter as a natural born evangelist to be that voice to as many different people as possible whereas the prophet can see far down the road the exhorter takes a wide view, so they have a wide field of vision, whereas the prophet has a far field of vision. They're visionary, and they love seeing the big picture. They love new ideas. They are not intimidated by anything new at all. They they embrace it. They also have a lot of different things going on at the same time. They also they find themselves very busy, and they work hard. Here are some of the signs of a mature exhorter. They can mobilize and energize and motivate people in a healthy and godly way, to do their best and to be their best. They have earned authority, which comes from their perseverance and their embracing of productive pain. A mature exhorter knows how to package the truth, but in a way that will appeal to the broadest audience possible and get past defenses that people have. Mature exhorters also have learned from God how to hone their finest abilities and not just do Everything that comes into their head. Some of the signs of a carnal exhorter is that they use their networks and their influence to build their own power, to build their own kingdom and see what they can get out of it for themselves. They hate being uncomfortable, so oftentimes an exhorter will give into the cult of comfort. They'll do something as long as it's fun, and if it's not fun, they skedaddle, they find something else to do. Carnal exhorters will often put themselves in a situation where they are working with enablers, people who will go do for them. They'll make them feel important, but it's actually a self-serving thing so that people can do stuff for them so that they can get out of what they find uncomfortable. Carnal exhorters won't confront sin or speak the truth for fear of being rejected or not being liked. They so love people that that fear of people will keep them from speaking the truth. They prefer to engage with people rather than God, because people can be finessed, they can be motivated, they can be massaged in different ways, and God cannot. They'll often tend not to walk in reality, which they have to. What I mean by that is, they'll think, oh, I can take on this thing, I can do three or four or five things, when really they can only do two things well. So they'll end up disappointing people, but They think of it as, oh, I got to be involved in five things, rather than thinking through a situation and thinking, I should only do two things. And because they don't walk in reality, when something goes wrong, which it inevitably will, they often want to be judged by their intentions rather than on their reality. They'll say things like, oh, that was not my intention, or I didn't mean for that to happen, but that's not the point. They have to be judged on what actually happened as a consequence of their actions. The lie that Satan wants the exhorter to believe is this. I'm legitimate when people like me and they need to be around me. But the birthright, the thing that the Lord put the exhorter on the earth to do, is to reveal the majesty and the breadth of God's bigness to the world. A great example of an exhorter in scripture is King Solomon. God chose Solomon to build the temple because he wanted to show off his breath and his majesty and his glory, not just to Israel, but to the nations of the world, that that Israel would be a testament to God's glory. And he chose Solomon to do that because that's what an exhorter does. Exhorters love and they understand presentation. And so Solomon understood that. So when you read all of the details about the temple, Solomon was the guy for the job. It is disappointing and sad to look at Solomon's life and how he didn't achieve, he didn't take hold of his birthright because he didn't embrace discipline and the hard things that had to be done in his own life. And so at the end, we see him say, meaningless, meaningless. So you should know that if you are an exhorter, it is a high risk, high reward proposition. God has so much in store for you, but there's some pain along the way. Hey, that is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the exhorter, and I should reiterate, just like I have in the past weeks, this is not my teaching. It doesn't originate with me. So below, I'm going to leave a link to a set of videos that goes into all of the redemptive gifts in much more detail. I'm not affiliated with this ministry. I'm just a big fan of this person's ministry. I hope that video helps you. Again, go to blueprintsounds.com to get 25 chart-topping arrangement tricks if you're looking for something to help your worship team. And until next week,